Hello, Cathedral fam. This is Pastor Ken from our Gilroy campus. Before the Israelites received their breakthrough, Moses had an encounter with God, and he was told to remove his sandals, for he was standing on holy ground. But what made the ground holy? Well, it's definitely not because of Moses' goodness or the quality of the dirt that he was standing on, but the presence of the holy God. Do you need a breakthrough in your life? Well, it's definitely not going to be about your goodness or the quality of your situation but the presence of Jesus. The Bible says He inhabits the praises of His people. So let us all come together and worship Him.
God, we believe. What a powerful statement we've just sung. In the name of Jesus, there is power. He can move the immovable. He can take impossible and make it possible. I trust that right now as you're watching us, faith is rising in your heart so that you can believe for the breakthrough God has for you. And Lord, we just declare that over every person right now. You know what needs to be moved. You know what needs to be broken. You know what needs to be released. You know what needs to be done. Come and put grace and peace in our hearts so that we can believe for what you want to do. Welcome to Cathedral of Faith. We're so grateful you've joined us. We believe God's going to bless you in a special way. There's a powerful word this weekend Pastor Ken has. So thanks for joining us. You know, this is a great time of year as we head into the holiday season, as we begin to look for ways to be a blessing to our community. And I want to remind all of you as we prepare to take the offering today that we also have a special reaching out Christmas offering. This will go toward the day of blessing our community with lots of extra food. It'll go through toward the toy drive. It'll go for all the ways that we're going to be a blessing, including our Christmas Day special on television. You can be part of that. If you don't have an envelope, you can pick them up at the church, or you can go to our website, and there's a special drop-down with our Christmas offering. Speaking of toy drive celebrating this week what happened last weekend at the car show. So many hundreds of toys came in. It was a special time. Thanks for all those who gave. We're still looking for people who will help volunteer through the season to help us put things in place. And if you or someone you know need toys for the holiday season, make sure you come by the church office or come to our weekend services as we sign up people. There will also be pretty soon a place online for you to sign up as well. Well, there are many ways you can give. You can go to our app. You can go to the website. You can text the number that you see on the screen there, or you can write out a check and mail it to us or drop it by the church office. Again, we look forward to you working with us as we have a special Christmas offering and as we bring our regular tithes and offerings so that the work of God continues here. Speaking of the work of God, here comes Pastor Ken with a powerful message on breakthrough. Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thanks so much for joining me today. We're in this series called Breakthrough. What do you do when you need a breakthrough? How do you pray a breakthrough prayer? What does a breakthrough prayer sound like? What does it look like? Well, today I want to look at a man and his prayer that was able to change the climate. Now, in our culture, we hear a lot about climate change, you know, how much human beings have done or how much human beings can do to affect the climate. You know, I, I was reading that this last decade has been the hottest decade on record or that last year, it was the hottest year ever in Europe on record. Or that there was a day last June, in June 2020, when it set a record in the Arctic Circle. It was 95 degrees in Siberia of all places. 
In fact, I saw this one lady with a sign uh, that said, boy, this earth, earth is getting hotter than my imaginary boyfriend. <laughs> oh, my. Now, as scientists continue to uh, research and debate, you know, what kind of impact we can have on the climate, I can't really add anything to that conversation because I'm not a, a climate scientist. But I do want us to look at this example, this case of climate change that we find in the Bible. Because climate change may be exactly what you need in your life. Maybe you could use a, a climate change in your home or at work or at school. Maybe you could use a climate change in your marriage or with your kids or with those in-laws. Maybe you could use a, a climate change in your finances or in your habits or with your health. Recently, I was talking with one lady who's a part of our church family, and she's a lady who has dealt with chronic severe pain for a very long time. And if you've ever dealt with pain day after day, week after week, month after month, it can just wear you down and wear you out. I saw it happen with my dad. And so that first Sunday of the Breakthrough Series, we prayed after service. We prayed that she would find relief from her pain. And she told me that she had the best week after that, that she had had in a very long time. In fact, she said one day, she described it to me. She said that she went to her granddaughter's volleyball game and then she went home and ironed and then she went to her grandson's hockey game and then she went to her mom's birthday party and she did all this activity virtually pain-free to the glory of God. That's what you call a downpour. Where do you need a climate change in your life? When the book of James chapter five, he talks about the power of prayer to change the climate. We read, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, they will be forgiven too. We continue. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. There's power in community. And then we read, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. Underline that. As human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Elijah prays and it stops the rain. He prays again and it brings the rain. 
It's a prayer that had the power to change the climate. What are some takeaways from his story that will help us as we're writing our story? Well, the first takeaway has to do with that this kind of prayer is within our reach. It's within your reach. Do you believe that? At first glance, we look at this prayer by Elijah and we say, of course, of course, of course God answers this prayer. I mean, Elijah is the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. He's mentioned more times in the New Testament than any other Old Testament figure. And when it was time for Elijah to go to heaven, he didn't, have, he didn't even have to face death. You know, during Passover, Jewish families still, they set up an empty chair for Elijah. They go to the door and look outside. They're looking for Elijah. And they raise up a cup. The cup is named after Elijah. So of course, of course, of course God is going to answer Elijah's prayer. When it comes to prayer, Elijah is like a high-level professional. And yet me, wow, I just feel like a struggling amateur. Have you ever felt like a struggling amateur before? Greg, would you like to say grace? It's okay. Oh, dear God, thank you. You are such a good God to us, a, a kind and gentle and accommodating God. And we thank you, oh sweet, sweet Lord of hosts, for the smorgasbord you have so aptly lain at our table this day and each day by day. Day by day, by day. Oh, dear Lord, three things we pray. To love thee more dearly, to see thee more clearly, to follow thee more nearly, day by day, by day. Amen. Amen. Anybody ever felt like that? A struggling amateur? And yet the first takeaway is that the Bible grabs us by the shoulders and shakes us a bit and says, not only can Elijah pray that kind of prayer, you can pray that kind of prayer because Elijah was just as human as we are. He was just like us. That Elijah was an ordinary man who lived an extraordinary life. He was an ordinary man who prayed extraordinary prayers. He lived the way he lived and he prayed the way that he prayed because of the God that he served. In fact, the name Elijah, it actually means when you break it down, it means Jehovah is God. Yahweh is God is Elohim. Jehovah is God. And that right there is the key. 
There were a group of people in Elijah's day that they believed in a God called Baal. And they believed that Baal is the one who controlled the rain. But after this experience, they see that Baal does not control the rain. Instead, Jehovah is the one who controls the rain. He can stop the rain. He can bring the rain. He's the one who controls the climate. And that right there is the key. Because the same God, Jehovah, that was the God of Elijah, that same God is our God. And when we pray, we're reaching out to him. We're reaching up to him. He's the one who can change the climate. Nothing is impossible for him. God is within your reach. And that's why climate change, that kind of prayer and power, is within your reach. Elijah was a human just like us. I mean, he had strengths and weaknesses. He had ups and downs. One minute he could be, well, he could be, you know, flying high, calling down fire from heaven. And the next minute he could be at such a spiritual low, he didn't want to live anymore. He had ups and downs just like us. He wasn't a perfect man, but he was a righteous man. And there is a difference. See, we have a saying at Cathedral, and that saying goes like this. Cathedral is a place where everybody is welcome and where nobody is perfect. And if you're looking for the perfect church or you're looking for the perfect pastor, then you're probably in the wrong place. Because this is a place where nobody's perfect. I saw this one sign at a church and it said, acting perfect in church is like dressing up for an (laughs) x-ray. Oh my. So you can be real and authentic at cathedral. Because this is a place where nobody's perfect, but you don't have to be perfect in order to be righteous. See, a righteous person is not a perfect person. But it's a person who has a heart for God, a love for God, a person who is right with God. And because he's right with God, he's trying to live right for God. And if you're not right with God today, you can be. First John chapter one shows us how. He writes, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Another translation says from all unrighteousness. And when we're right with God, because Elijah's God is our God, we can pray the the kind of prayer that brings the rain. See, that prayer is within our... Or reach, And then the second takeaway is this, is this kind of prayer. What it does is it takes hold. It takes hold of the promise. When you look into the Old Testament in 1 Kings chapter 18, and you dig a little deeper into the story, and I hope you will, you find that this prayer really is based on a promise. It's based on a promise that 
Elijah hears this promise from God. God says to Elijah, go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. And that's what Elijah does. He goes to the king and he tells him about the promise. He says, king, you need to go and get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Now at this point, my guess would be that Elijah would, he'd go find an umbrella, kick back and wait for that promise to take place. He did what he was supposed to do. You know, he, he took that promise and told the king about that promise. Now it's time just to kick back, lay back, and wait for that promise to happen. And yet, and yet, what does he do? First Kings 18 says, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees, almost like he's giving birth because that's what prayer does. Prayer gives birth. And notice that the promise of God does not stop him from prayer. Instead, the promise of God moves him to prayer. I want to say that again. The promise of God does not stop him from prayer. Instead, the promise of God moves him to prayer. It is so important for us to get our arms around this truth. See, this is what prayer does. This is the way that prayer works. Prayer hears the promise. Prayer knows the promise. And then our prayer, it takes hold of the promise. And that is how the promise shows up on earth. The promise, the promise from heaven shows up on earth through our prayer. This is how God has chosen to work. That is why Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In this sense, I want this to get in your spirit. And this sense is a little bit like this t-shirt that I have in my hand. Pastor Rick, would you help me out? Pastor Rick and I are training for our own version of the turkey trot. You know, we're not as young as we were. We're not as fast as we were. We're not as in shape as we were. I better stop there. We're still going to run anyway. And Rick, in all this training, I think you need another t-shirt for this training. And so I got you this cathedral everywhere because cathedral, we are everywhere. I got you this cathedral everywhere t-shirt. And so I want you to have this. Do you want to have this? So I want you to have it. You want to have it. So all you have to do, Rick, is reach out and take it. Freeze it right there. Because this is exactly what I'm talking about. God wants us to have something. We want to have what God wants. And what prayer does is reaches up and takes hold of the promise. Thank you, Pastor Rick. In James chapter four, verse two, we read this. You do not have because you do not ask. And that's why, friend, your prayer matters. It really does. Your prayer matters because prayer is the way we take hold of the promise. See, I want what God wants in my life. 
I don't want some of it. I don't want most of it. I want all of it. I don't want more than what he wants, but I don't want less than what he wants. And what prayer does is it takes hold of what God wants for us. See, that's what the promise is about. The promise describes the will of God, what God wants for us. And prayer is the way we receive what God wants. For example, let's say you have a situation and Well, it's a situation with your kids. I mean, parenting can be challenging. I saw this one picture. It said, how you view your parenting or how you view parenting before becoming a parent. And then it said, how you view parenting after becoming a parent. (laughs) Someone once said that, well, if parenting was easy, it wouldn't have started with something called labor. Hello. So let's say you're dealing with a complex, difficult situation with your child and what you need. You need more than knowledge. You need to know how to apply that knowledge. You need more than information. You need to know how to apply that information. What you need, what you really need is wisdom. What is God's promise to us concerning wisdom? James chapter one, verse five reads this way. If you need wisdom, Ask our generous God, and he will. He will. He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. This is what God wants for you. He wants you to have wisdom for your current situation. And prayer is the way that I access what God wants for my life. See, prayer is the way we take hold of the promise of God. That brings us finally to the third takeaway, that this kind of prayer perseveres until it sees a breakthrough. Again, back to the story of Elijah. Elijah prays and then he sends his servant out. And the Bible says in 1 Kings 18, he said to his servant, go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Has that ever happened to you? Well, you pray, you pray for, you pray for rain. And yet nothing seems to be happening. Nothing seems to be changing. And that is when, that is when we have to be patient in prayer and persevering in prayer. We pray and we pray again. This is what Elijah does. He prays and then he prays again. And he sends out his servant and still there's nothing. He prays and he prays again. And he sends out his servant and still there's nothing. He prays and he prays again. He sends out his servant and still there's nothing. Six times he prays, six times he sends out a servant, and six times the answer comes back, there's nothing. Elijah, when are you going to give in? When are you going to give up? But Elijah doesn't give in. He doesn't give up. And on the seventh time, what is it in the Bible about the number seven? The seventh time he prays, the servant comes back with a different message and says, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. 
And the answer to prayer, to his prayer, is on the way. When you pray for rain and there's no sign of rain, that's when it takes perseverance. You pray and you pray again. You pray and you pray again. You know, our theme verse for this series comes right from the words of Jesus. And the verb tense that Jesus uses could literally be translated this way. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Jesus even told a story to illustrate that if, if you don't think Jesus has a sense of humor, you need to check out this story in Luke chapter 18 because this story is, well, it's filled with interesting characters. You have a, a feisty widow that is a bit like Medea. You have a, a villain who picks on old ladies and then you have a hero, a reluctant hero who eventually saves the day. And the story starts out with this feisty widow. Have you ever run into a feisty widow? The story starts out with this feisty widow and there is a villain that is making her life miserable. He's picking on her. He's mistreating her. And her only recourse is to go to the local judge. Now the local judge is a, well, he's a piece of work himself. I mean, this guy, he just doesn't give a rip, doesn't give a rip about God, doesn't give a rip about others, certainly doesn't give a rip about this widow, but she just continues to pester him. She's driving him crazy until finally he says, all right, all right, I will make things right for you. And Jesus says, if a wicked judge, a wicked judge responds to perseverance, then how much more, how much more, how much more will a good God respond to perseverance. In Luke 18, Jesus says, God's chosen people cry out to him day and night. Won't he make things right for them? So what I want to say to you, cathedral, family, and friends, don't give up, but look up. Don't give up, look up. Pray until you get that breakthrough, that breakthrough you need in your marriage or that breakthrough you need with your kids or that breakthrough you need in your finances. Continue to pray. Don't give in. Don't give up. Continue to pray until you get the answer to that prayer. Charles Spurgeon was a great spiritual leader and he once wrote this about prayer. Prayer pulls the rope below and the great bell rings above in the ears of God. Some scarcely stir the bell for they pray so languidly. Others give but an occasional pluck at the rope. 
But the one who wins with heaven is the man who grasps the rope boldly and prays continuously with all of his might. The prayer that changes the climate. It perseveres. It perseveres until it sees a cloud the size of a man's hand. And when it finally starts raining, 1 Kings chapter 18 says, soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. He tucked his cloak. Elijah tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran. I love that. It started raining and he started running. And I was thinking in my own life, how there have been times I know what it's like to pray, to pray for rain and nothing seems to be happening. Nothing seems to be changing. You feel like giving in, you feel like giving up, but you don't give in and you don't give up until eventually you see a cloud the size of a man's hand and the answer's on its way. And lightning strikes and a thunderstorm rides in upon you. And all you can do is sing and dance and run. Celebrating the goodness of our God because it's raining. We've been talking about prayer. I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray that there would be a climate change in your life. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I pray for our cathedral family, friends, all those who are locked in with us online right now. I pray that you would change the climate in their life. God, you see where they need a breakthrough. And I pray even now that you would extend your breakthrough to them. I pray that you would encourage them today that their prayers matter. They really do. And that prayer is a way we take hold of the promise. So we take hold of your promise, oh God. And then Lord, we continue to persevere. We can feel like giving up and giving in, but we won't. We'll persevere until we see that breakthrough. And I agree. For breakthrough, I pray for rain. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, amen. Well, right now, our team is coming to share with you a song that I hope continues to build your faith. I love this song. It's called Waymaker. Darkness, my God. That- 
Thanks again for being a part of, of today's service. We love our online community and we pray for you and we're standing with you for your breakthrough. We'd love to hear from you. There's lots of ways to stay connected online. So, so please take advantage of all those opportunities. And I wanna speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you, Cathedral.